0: I'm actually black, black. So, yeah.
1: Pretty <laughs> much. You were living like Uncle Ruckus for a minute. Black excellence means confidence, encouragement, respect, respect love, kindness, empowerment, authenticity, and
0: perfection.
1: Welcome to Black and Excellent. I'm excited to welcome our powerful guest for this episode. He is very ambitious and aiming to establish two globally recognized companies by the age of 40. I met him during a study abroad year in Germany, and he has recently attained a role in a top five global tech company before graduating. It's time to roll out the red carpet for EJ. Welcome EJ, how are you today?
0: I'm all right, how are you?
1: I am doing wonderful. And in case you couldn't hear it in his voice, EJ is Australian.
0: Yeah, um, my accent does not show it at all. But yeah, (laughs) Australian, sure.
1: (laughs) I don't know, I could hear it a little bit.
0: Okay, okay.
1: So my first question to you is, coming from Australia, which is a predominantly white country.
0: Very white, yeah.
1: When did you first realise you were black?
0: Funny enough, from primary school all the way to like high school, it's like you're surrounded by white people you don't realize that you're essentially fitting in with white people for so long and like the moment where I realized like I was like black was funny enough in high school which was what like when I was 12 or 13 oh wow yeah really late because a lot of the time it's just like oh yeah I'm you know that you're black, but you don't realize you're black and like what that actually means until like later. So like knowing that you're black is one thing, but then realizing you're black is another thing. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. there are a lot of differences and a lot of things that you overlook when you're younger, but you realize later in life the things that your parents told you, but you didn't re- understand until like later. So it was like 12, 13 at age. finally realized yeah wow
1: that's pretty late
0: yeah i know but keep in mind like australia very like when i came here it's densely white population like i didn't see another black person like in school until yeah i got to high school so indians um wait no there was one in my final year of uh, primary school um, but I never really spoke to her and because I guess it's like a mental not even a mental it's like groupthink. when you're surrounded by a certain type of group you kind of think like they think mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you don't even think that you, you think you're more white than she is which is completely stupid but at that time that's that's how I felt it until like later on when I was like ah I'm actually black black so yeah
1: <laughs> you, much. you were living like Uncle Wacus for a minute
0: for a minute a solid minute yeah straight up yeah
1: so when did you actually come to Australia there
0: um so uh it was young uh like three four around that age so yeah pretty young born in Nigeria but then raised in Australia um and really like a lot of the stuff that was happening was kind of there was a lid kept on that for me so I was like protected really well um and I didn't really know anything until like high school where you're mixed with so many different um, groups, so many um, different people from, um, in terms of like age, and then that was also where I got introduced to a lot of internationals, so I like, started to understand that the group or the like African community that I was like cupped in was a lot bigger than I had like thought so yeah
1: so when you um, went to high school you said there was other black kids around
0: three I can there was three in total yeah (laughs) um so one was in his final um so three including me so one was in his final uh year of uh, high school when I started um and then there was another um woman um what I think a year ahead of me so there was three in total you know what there was at least at least five six hundred people in the school yeah um and yeah those three black people
1: okay so like did they like talk to you did they like look after you
0: not really because where when you're in high school it's you you get um you're kind of like stuck in a bucket unless you interact in certain like sports. So the only time I really interacted with the guy who was four years my senior was playing football. So that was the only time interact, or football, soccer, whoever. Um, yeah, so that was the only time I really interacted with was in sport. Other than that, um, there's always like the... Um, the nod, the black nod, like if you know that, yeah. just like yeah. when you see them across, yeah. Well, so yeah. So that that was pretty much um all that happened. I never really spoke to him at all. Mm. Like I, it was just sport, yeah.
1: Do you feel like you would have had a different experience if you were to talk to him or have him in your year?
0: Maybe a little bit, because the it's like when you're put into a completely different environment so uh, shifting from one school to another school and like i only knew maybe one person wait two people um going into that high school um prior so everything was new to me um and i pretty much stuck to what i knew i didn't really like expand out Mm -hmm. Mm because i kept like i kept it really safe like even though Funny enough, like um, you've got like indigenous Australians, so like your um, Torres Strait Islanders and so on. And then you've got some, um, let's say like Indians um, and they were like light skin, like your Islander uh, skin tone. um, And they would also consider themselves black, but they weren't black. People in Australia, In like the high schools, if you're like a dark skin color, they'll be like, yeah, I'm black too, but not really understanding what it means to be black at all. Oh my gosh.
1: So a little history on Australia. They were colonized by Britain in 1788, where they tried to, and most very successfully, kill a lot of Aborigines. And in 1910s, they started to do an assimilation where they took children from their homes, about 33% of children from their indigenous homes and forcibly adopted them into white families. So racism is like in the heart of Australia. So it's interesting that you said that the Indian people thought they were black because I guess that's how the society saw them. If you were white, you were other, and other usually just meant black.
0: That's pretty much it. Like there was a story um, that was told, uh, like I can't remember, uh, um, may may have been a movie that we watched back in like high school, but it was a black child in a white family, now having like a bath. And the the kid was like, you need to scrub harder. You need to get rid of the black. And I was like, what the heck am I watching? So, um, but yeah, like it's deep. The word uh, aboriginal by itself um, often had like a bad connotation, um, especially in in primary school when um, it was used to kind of like joke about um, the indigenous people. To the point where I was even thinking they weren't the original people and thinking like the word aboriginal um meant like ab original like not original so uh yeah
1: that's deep rooted stuff yes. like you're gonna really say that this part of people aren't even the people that were there first when they were there first.
0: Yes. You're yeah, like yeah to say that they weren't there exactly <laughs> So yeah, that's why that's why I started uh, being a lot more cautious because like saying Indigenous because they're the, they're the uh, owners of the land uh, where we're only here because of what has happened. And like currently inside of Australia, there was like a big debate about Australia Day because it's celebrated and it's also hated because it is Invasion Day. That's when um, the Europeans uh, made land in Australia and kind of, like first started to colonize Australia. And so um, the whole debate about um, it was about whether we stop celebrating Australia Day or rename it to Invasion Day as what it technically is. Um, and there's both sides of the story. Uh, ultimately, my, my perspective is you can't change the date but you need to acknowledge what happened. Like, you, sh- it shouldn't mm-hmm. be a celebration of Australia as, like, something that got settled. It should be more of a day where we kind of reflect and understand or go back and, like, acknowledge, oh, these are the, the people um, that are the Australians, like, the true Australians, um, and then also... Uh, understand that Australia later on, like um, through years on, has been um, through the movement of people around the globe, like it's not just a um, white or Caucasian nation, it's a multicultural nation. But um, obviously, uh, the minority is technically not the the original people of the land, it's more uh, your Caucasian. So um at this point, yeah, it is it is like a, a, a touchy topic every time it comes to Australia Day in Australia. Yeah. So yeah.
1: I can imagine that's like very hard for people that are indigenous because literally their homes have just been taken from them. Everything's been taken from them and then they want to celebrate the day that things actually
0: Exactly. And the one thing I also learned recently was a lot of the history has been like hidden and there is like a storyline that is told in schools, um, a storyline that is told uh, like when I was growing up, like there was like, oh, um, they don't tell you the dark history, they kind of like have a spinoff. They'll maybe introduce you, introduce it in a way where it's like, oh, okay, that happened but you don't really understand what was actually happening. Like um, one book that we had to read was like uh, Rabbit Proof Friends, which uh, is just describing how, um, well, it was a book, it's a story about, I can't remember exactly, but um, the division of white from black and I can't remember the whole story, but um, it was kind of like that introduction into like, oh, this is how Um, the Indigenous people were like erased from the Australian um, narrative, so um, it's a a book where I, yeah you don't understand it because they put it into a context where it's just like a Mm storyline, but if you go and like look and find the actual history, you'll realise like it's a very dark history inside of Australia.
1: I guess history is also told from the Victor, so... They're always gonna pay yeah, gonna paint positive light anyway. Exactly. So in Australia, how do you feel like you are seen? Because you are actually black, so you're not yeah, Indian. Um,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm black, black, like mother, father, both, both, uh, Nigerians. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'm the realest when it comes to being black. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they see me exactly how like I look until I open my mouth so every single time it's pretty much like you have a preconception pre um like a person will have like a pre-idea of like oh he's, he's another African like uh, um, they may think like when I open my mouth I may be American but they always need to dig a little bit deeper to see, like, are you one of those type of Africans, because a lot of the time it is like media that kind of like um, puts is, is represented um, in a completely different light of what is actually going on. And so they're trying to see, like, did are you one of the lucky ones? Are you one of like this type? And like a lot of the times, it's I'll have to speak and not. It, it's it's come. It's become so common where it's like, oh, where are you from? Like, what are you doing? Like all these all these questions where um, it's just trying to, on their side, justify who I am, so they can like create like this image. Like, oh, I don't have to feel threatened by you. Yeah, yeah it's often annoying because. Yeah, there, there are times even where it's like I can, like when I'm working, for example, as a prime example, um, you'll have people from like way out west, so like in the um, regional parts of Australia coming into my store and asking for like recommendations. And they're, they're wondering like, how, how am I able to give them all these recommendations on like products, um, like all of these different products? Like how, how are you like that smart? Um, and they're thinking, like, oh, like, you can see it from the way they ask the questions, like, oh, he, he, he wouldn't be able to tell me um, all the facts or something. And then they, they keep on prying, keep on trying to see, like, wow, okay, you're actually educated, mm. thinking that, um, like, a, a Black person stereotypically might be dumb, which is um, why I always like to in some ways outsmart them just to make them like realize like what you think you really have like limited your, your kind of like capacity and knowledge of like what is actually going on in the world and like who like people are and how they've um, like, how things sort of like form. It's not just like what you see on the media is what it is. So yeah, it is kind of like, I, they see me as, how they see me honestly like they see me as like a picture i'd be one of the pictures of the uh um starving kids in um in africa like and or one of the gangster kids or something until i like open my mouth like that that's like the point where they like a switch flips in their brain like ah yeah. oh, it's not that type of black person so yeah yeah
1: you know, and you wouldn't have thought that Australia would have been that bad. Because everybody kind of sees Australia as um, Britain, but better. So you guys have the good weather, your finances Not are good. But then yeah, on, but... Side, like, on the other side, flip side, people who look like us, it's just the same and worse.
0: Yeah, funny enough, it's like... It's, I it's the same thing we see about Britain and you're seeing the same thing, like what we see about Britain is like, oh, if I go to uh, Great Britain and like, I see all these like Black people, like, oh, they're, they're vibing and all this stuff, but um, that's what the like media shows um, and then they'll show like the good and the bad, mm-hmm. but you don't understand like how bad the bad is. Yeah. So it... Like, with Australia, it's more subtle. Like, all the racism is very, very subtle. Like, if you don't pick up on it, um, and I didn't pick up on it for a long time. Like, whole primary school, I didn't pick up on it at all (laughs) because I wasn't, I didn't really understand it at all. Like, uh, I could even go back to when I'm playing sport. And a lot of the time, just because I guess, um, a gifted athlete, I would say, a lot of times I would be faster than a lot of people and they would just justify it because, oh, it's because you're Black. Mm. When that's not the case at all because I met some very fast, like uh, Asians, very fast, um, like Caucasians. So it's not like they, they always have to justify it to a reason based on like the outward appearance, not like, oh, I've actually like put work into a be able to be this fast.
1: Yeah like you're only smart because you are one of the smart black people. Yeah
0: so exactly they always they always have to justify it um just to fit their um kind of like their thought their their picture in their head. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So which is yeah it is what it is I guess.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay I'm gonna switch lanes with you now. And go into a question well not a question a definition so define black love for you and that could be either relationship wise as in a partner or your family or within yourself so what do you define black love as
0: it's not like a definition it's not like a word that you can describe it well for me um personally it's more like the feeling like it's something that is limitless almost like you're the typical love like is like forgiving like you're in pretty much all situations it's not like you're gonna hold any resentment on someone it's like oh that that happened like oh I'll forgive you for it like it's not it's, it's a whole lot of things mixed into like one, like it's very intimate, um, it's like strong, it's um, something that like if you're, yeah, if you're to put a word on it, it's very, very difficult from my perspective because a lot of it is deep down to like from the heart. Like it's not, a lot of times you'll see like, oh, I love that person, like when when people are saying like, oh, I love you, I really love you, like mm-hmm. um, it's more of the way you go about um, like expressing your love. Like it's not something that you can like say, it's something that you'll show, you'll do. Um, it's like constant. So like the best example I can give is like in any like family situation, uh, maybe someone like and this is like uh, just your uh, direct family like someone uh, needs a system someone needs support it's not going to be a thing where it's like oh that's too difficult like even if it's difficult I'm not going to say it's difficult we're just going to act on it like oh you need help we're going to help you just because you know that from their perspective if you ask them they're going to do the same thing it's not like a it's the best word I can say it's it's unconditional so black love is unconditional love if I could put it in like a word that that would be the best word to describe it unconditional
1: that sounds good black love is unconditional yeah. it's interesting yeah. you said forgiving though because I've heard a lot of things from a lot of the other people that have said about black people that we are like the most forgiving race from everything that's happened to us that we still welcome all with open arms.
0: See, yes, that may be true, but the one thing, like my father told me, it's like you forgive, but you don't forget. Like mm-hmm. it's very the reason why you forgive is if you don't forgive, it's gonna hold like a weight on your on your heart. Like you're not going to be able to like move on to something better um, if you're if you aren't able to forgive. Like maybe something that could be the worst thing that could ever happen to you but if you don't forgive that person um, there's going to be this resentment that's always going to hold upon like you and you won't be able to get on to like that next step in your life you'll always be weighted down by not not forgiving uh, like not giving out that forgiveness like, but the the thing is, like, with me, and if you know me, I don't forget a thing <laughs> when it comes yeah. to, like, if someone's done something wrong, like, I'll, I'll forgive them regardless, but I'll always remember it, like, because, like, for, like they're saying, like, fool me one, shame on you, fool me twice, like, shame. shame me. Fool me one, mm-hmm. shame on you. Fool, yeah, fool me twice, shame on me. So, like, it's, it's not like I am holding this memory to get back at them. It's, it's more like I'm holding that thought just so um, if the same terms were to go on again, like I can like prepare myself mentally if something were to, were to change or to, to go about the same way. So it's just like, I'm not going to be fooled by something again, if I mean, it's yeah. going to do me wrong.
1: That's a very good self-preservation technique because there are a lot of people in the world that will just forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive and not really identify that there's a cycle going on
0: exactly and like what I don't even know who it was like um the was it Einstein like um the yeah. you know, insanity is uh doing the same thing uh, over and over again and expecting a different result so um it's yeah it's definitely not forgetting what has happened it's it's Forgiving, like, it's a very, very big separation between um, forgetting, forgiving and forgetting. Um, so, yeah, like, that is um, something, I guess, if I could, like, narrow it down, it is coming, it comes down to, like, my faith, my my belief um, in God and, like, his forgiving nature. Like, he first, if, yeah, he first loved us, that's why he gave his son on the cross and um like that type of gift to us to to save us like it should be easy for anyone to forgive another person based on something that like they've done wrong or that has been done wrong to them but like you can still remember like it's not something that you should like forget yeah.
1: That makes sense. That's neat, that makes perfect sense.
0: I have one more
1: question for you, EJ. Oh okay. yeah. Oh actually have another one. So your name to me is EJ. But what uh, is your
0: full name? Here we go. <laughs> the full name really. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. yeah, it's just EJ's it's initial so um first first letter is my um Nigerian name. Um, which uh, means uh, the testimony or testament of god and then um, of course living um, with biblical parents the second name biblical john so yeah very simple
1: (laughs) (laughs) now did you change it or shorten it to ej okay i know some people know you as john as well because people couldn't understand and couldn't say the name
0: so, uh, this is a this is a very um, strange story. So, EJ um, first came to like light in like fifth grade for me when I had like a teacher who was like, oh, um, why don't we just call you like EJ? And I, at that point, I was still being called John because with my first name, like no one's no one apparently can be fussed to memorize it even when you have way complicated names let's say in like a Russian that people will like remember but um Mm -hmm. but nonetheless like John was what I stuck with for a long period of time and EJ was always there but I never like really introduced myself as EJ It was always John 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 it wasn't until like later when I really started to kind of expand my I'd say like personality um, and not like shrink myself up into a bottle that's when I I started saying like my name is EJ because that way there's always the question like like what what does EJ mean and then I can always say like oh it's just my first name and my um, middle name initialized Uh, before it was always just John and like oh because you would look at me and like, John, really? Um, you don't look like a John to me. I hated I hated the fact that people always have to question, like, no way your name is John. And a lot of the times it's like, I'd have to show my, my to be like, yep, it is. Um, so that's where I was like, I, was, I, I, get, I became frustrated at one point. I was like, let me, let me just say EJ, EJ, EJ. And I guess that's like another thing, which hit me later, I was like, Ej is very easy for someone to be able to like click with because oh, he's black and um yeah the only other like bit of that is like yeah I've got um, I've got a first name that is uh, Nigerian and a second name which is John so um, yeah Ej is is what I go by I hate the I hate just being called John now because. I don't know like it's my name yes but it's not my first name
1: it's literally in my opinion it's literally half of you it's like half of the person that you are right now yes that's
0: that's that's,
1: and when you were when you were John you just explained that you were kind of put in a bottle like you were suppressed in some ways yet you didn't fully express yourself and I think that's the same for a lot of black people that live in um white environments because you don't feel like you can be your full self because that full self isn't like everybody else so you're more judged in that sense and as a survival technique you will bottle yourself inside and your one just happened to have a name attached to it
0: exactly yeah that that pretty much summarizes it it wasn't yeah when i first it was like yeah it was definitely in university that's when um I was able to really like express myself um, and then going to Germany for the first time that's when I was just like yep I don't need to conform to what everybody has been thinking I can just be me and then it was kind of like a shock to some people when I came back because I was just like no I'm not John call me EJ like and they're, they're like what <laughs> um, so yeah, it was kind of like cutting all of these um, ropes that people would like put me in a box, and I'm like, "That's not me." So, yeah, that's why it's EJ. That's a nice. Sorry.
1: That's a nice experience you had.
0: Yes, it's a big learning curve. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah. So out of all the lessons you've learned, what tools will you pass on to the next generation?
0: That is the simplest thing ever. Um, The tool is to learn, like, and this is like outside the confines of what, like, the school tells you to learn, like, what the school tells you to learn, what I, I just realized is Um, it's a system like the school system like the school setup is a system you're designed to go through the system um, to follow it so like essentially the government benefits at the end so you go through school um, to get a job which you'll have to pay taxes um, go through uni which um, let's say you're doing a loan so you're paying interest and then so many other stuff but the yeah, uh, the key thing that I'll definitely pass on now is learn because right now, best point in my life because I started picking up a lot of books that I would have never picked up if I didn't. Um, there was like a spark. There was like one book I read where I, I realized that I didn't know anything at all. Like it, it is pretty much what has been bounded upon me is the knowledge that I've been like absorbing. But I never really went outside of that bubble to like actually understand oh there's more to what has been told or what has been uh, passed on to me to read. Like no like and the one thing, yeah, like the one book, I don't know if it's a book to recommend, per se to to um, everyone. But for me, anyway, it kind of like unlocked, like, you know, it unlocked a key in my, in my mind. And the book, it was um, Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah, and it, it flipped the switch because I never thought about finance at all because like even buying so many stuff you never, like I never really thought about it, never, never really, um, it was never discussed really maybe it was but I just never paid attention Um, but read that for the first time and it was like a key in my head like a spark or something I was just like I don't know anything at all and that's when I went out on this like phase where like right now I'm just like reading at least a book a week just because um, like learning is the best thing you can possibly do for yourself and for your future and for the people around you. Like if you're learning, then you're gonna to want to tell other people. Like, oh, I just learned this. Oh, did you know about this? Oh, um, and it like one thing that flicked in my head is um, even when there was a whole system of slavery inside of America, like the one thing they stopped them from doing was reading. Mm -hmm. and it hit me later like reading is and learning like it's not reading it's more learning from what you read is the most powerful thing that you can gift yourself so yeah read learn and look outside what has been told um from other people or by your school system that would be like the three things let's say okay
1: those are great things education is key
0: yeah honestly
1: thank you so much EJ
0: it's been a pleasure
1: on this podcast you listeners have learned a lot from him I've learned a lot and thank you so much
0: oh no worries no worries yeah it's it's been wonderful